so that's kind of hard to see, isn't it? Especially given the last year that we've had in our country. But this is a movie called Fun with Dick and Jane. And you see that this couple actually are not having much fun. They go through this financial trouble, this time of, of real fear. And, and that's what I want to focus on this morning is the fear and the dread. Did you see that in Jane? She goes from kind of keeping it together to just losing it. And what I want to talk about today is how that period of keeping it together and losing it is the most dangerous time. And if we can figure out a way to not do that, not to be afraid, not to sink into that place, we'll be fine. And God wants to show us how to do that today. If you're here for the first time, we hope you feel what God is doing here. God is speaking into this community, this place, through this incredible church. And it is an amazing thing. Uh, I want to say hello to our podcast listeners today and We want to thank you for listening on podcast. We also want to say thank you to Chandra from New Church, NewSundayNewChurch.com, who wrote and reviewed our church. She was here at Christmas. I didn't even know you could, like, get reviewed as a church. I knew that restaurants could be reviewed, but apparently you can be reviewed. So this is her review of us, just in case you wondered. Um, Christmas Eve service at Highlands was peaceful with a ballerina, great music, powerful but simplistic and relatable messages, and we learned how to open our hearts for God. If you want to see her review on Highlands, check it out. And thank you, Chandra, for coming to Highlands Church. So today we're talking uh, our second series called uh, Money Matters. And we're taking a look at the role of money in our lives. Now, before we begin this series, we need to just say that, you know, we are not talking about you helping us as a church with money. We're being blessed financially. So this is not what this series is about. This series is about helping you through this basic thing in life. And so we talked last week about the role of money, and I gave away a quarter. One of you lucky people got to take a quarter home. Another couple got to take a $10 bill home, and if we'd have kept going, we'd have gone $100 and $1,000 through that game. I heard about this economist who was talking to God recently, and he said, God, is it true that a thousand days for us is like one minute for you? And God said, well, yes, my son, that is true. So this economist said, well, does that mean that like a million dollars from me would be like a penny for you? Well, this uh, God looked down and he said, son, you're absolutely right. And so this economist said, could I just have one of your pennies? God paused for a moment and he said, yes, you can, my son, in just a minute. Okay, it takes a minute to get that one. But So all of us struggle with this thing called money. And what we're going to talk about today are about financial troubles. I just want to get a barometer for where you are. How many people have been in a financial trouble spot this last year? Anybody here? Yeah. Every service, we've had a lot of folks. How many people know somebody who have been in a financial trouble spot this last year? Every hand in this room should go up, unless you don't have any friends. All right. How many people are in a financial trouble spot right now? Anybody? Yeah. How many people here would rather us not talk about financial trouble this morning? (laughs) It's one of these topics we don't really want to talk about. It's interesting. 80% of Americans this next year will have financial trouble. 80%. You know, the evil one wants us to think that we are by ourselves and that we're alone, but actually 80% of this country will have some kind of financial trouble. The other things we want to talk about about this is, you know, it doesn't matter how much you have to have a financial trouble. I don't know if you've seen the movie um, Wall Street 2 with Gordon Gecko. It's a guy who had a lot of money and he ran into financial difficulties, troubles. I know people and you know people who have had a lot of money who are in real trouble right now. And we know both people who don't have much and they seem to be doing okay. Also, there is this thing in this country for the last, I think it's getting better, but in the old days, it was like a moral sign of 
character problem if you had a financial problem. This is actually a debtor's prison in the year 1900. And if you actually got in debt, you, your whole family went to this debtor's prison. And we used to call people names like deadbeat, hobo, down on luck, drifter, hard times. Today we want you to know that this is a common thing. And we're going to talk about it, how to deal with it. Finally, we're going to talk about how, you know, most of the financial troubles in our lives actually aren't our fault. It isn't something that we did to cause it. Let me just show you my... Uh, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law are here this weekend, and my father-in-law told me that in our family, my great-grandmother-in-law had this financial trouble happen to her. Uh, I hasten to add my great-grandmother-in-law is not Angelina Jolie, <laughs> but she looked like her. So this was the, the thing that happened. My, my uncle, my great-great-grandpa uncle was a, was a country lawyer, and he just worked every day. You know, country lawyers, they work every day for a paycheck. The Great Depression hit. He didn't know what he was going to do. And he then got in a car accident. He ended up in a river. And he died. Now, that very next week, he was planning on talking to a life insurance agent. He had this whole thing planned. And he wasn't able to do it. And this dear Mary Louise Roberts had to raise four kids, five kids, by herself without any help. So these things happen to us. Let me just show you some things that happen. And you may think about your own life. Health problems can come along. Economic downturns, we know about that. A, a tragedy, a death of a loved one. You know, just one bad decision. This is interesting. A lot of people tell me, you know, I just, I just made one bad decision. And that can cause financial trouble. A series of lifestyle choices. And so we're going to talk about this today. Now, as people have come to my office for the last 10 years, they've had all different reasons for financial troubles. But everybody who's ever come has the same basic uh, thing. And that is that their life is like this fear that has just engulfed it. One of my favorite shows is called Ice Trucker. It's a very complex show. It involves driving your truck over ice. But what happens in this show is these ice truckers get stuck in the ice, and the thing they need to do is get away from the truck, or that truck will take them down. You often you see this with a, a flash flood. You'll see a person in a truck. They get hit by that truck, the, or the, that flash flood, the most important thing for them to do is get away from the truck. You can find this uh, with people who are on a ship that go down. The ship is going down, and the fear and the ship is going to take them down, but they need to move away from that. The other image I want to think about this morning is a whirlpool. And this whirlpool has this tendency to engulf us and pull us downwards. What God wants to, I think, tell us today is how to get up and out of that place. So I'm not going to offer a sermon today on financial help uh, plans, exactly how to economically move along. I'm not an economist. But I'm a pastor, and I think the most important thing about getting out of this whirlpool is what I'm going to talk about just now. And that is God's ability to pull us up and out of that place and put us onto a safe plane. Now the Bible is a Bible, a book, of Thousands of stories of God lifting people up out of these whirlpools and putting them onto safe places. That's what this book is about. Well, I'm going to look at one story this morning that is about a man named Lot and his wife. We don't know his, his wife's name, but it's Lot's wife and two daughters. And they are in this city that's about to be destroyed. Now, if you know the Bible, you know that this city, Sodom and Gomorrah, is about to be destroyed for a lot of reasons we're not going to talk about this morning. That's not what I'm going to focus on. I want to focus on how God lifts up Lot out of that place and puts him into a safe place. And I want you to think about whatever whirlpool you might be in in your life. 
Let's take a look at our text. Genesis 19, 14 through 28. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters. And he said, hurry, let's get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Again, this happens a lot. A lot of times people get into this whirlpool, and a couple people in it don't know they're in it. This can happen. With the coming of dawn, for whatever reason, I thought about Pearl Harbor this morning. Remember, that happened on a Sunday morning. It was a quiet day, and then this destruction comes in. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry. Now it's the angels who are saying to Lot, hurry. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away. Notice this imagery. These angels want Lot to get away from this cauldron, this whirlpool, or they will be swept away when the city is punished. Now, when he hesitated, isn't that interesting? He hesitated. We do that. It's like a deer caught in headlights. Uh, And by the way, this deer was not hurt at all in this. It's not a real deer. In our last service, the whole room went, aww. Like we did not. Okay. So it's like that in our lives. When something happens, we actually freeze. And and, uh, this is what Lot does. The man grasped his hand in the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them to safety. These two angels do this. The Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had been brought back out, one of them said, flee for your lives. And this is a three-word phrase that's very important for this morning. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back on Sodom and think of all the nice things you had, that house and the boat that you had and all the friends that you had and the daycare that your kid went to. You move up and out of that place. And that's what uh, he asks Lot to do. Now, Lot is not ready to get up and out of this place. Not many of us are. When we're in the midst of trauma, we don't want to move. And so Lot says, and he says, and the angels actually say, go to the mountains and don't stop in the plain. I would say the mountains, that's what's called uh, the next steps for your life. And usually when we're in the midst of this whirlpool, we can't make it to the mountains. So that's the place for islands. We all need islands. And just a couple of examples in financial terms of what islands are. Might be living with your parents for a little while. That's an island. A Samaritan fund or some kind of a welfare check. That's going to get you through. So as this continues, he says, I just want to stay in this island. Show me this city and look here. Is the town near for me to run to and it is small? Let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? And my life will be spared. Verse 23. By the time Lot reached Zaor, the sun had risen over the land And the Lord rained down sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. And he overthrew the cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. Now, this is very important. Verse 26. But Lot's wife did what? She looked back. Lot's wife looked back at Gomorrah and said, gosh, what an incredible city. Are you sure we want to do this? Are you sure we want to move up and out of this place? And she looks back, and what happens to her? She becomes a pillar of salt. I looked in the commentaries all morning for this to figure out what was this pillar of salt. It couldn't be a pillar of salt. We don't know. But we do know that she got stuck. She actually got trapped in this place. Uh, This is what happens. Interestingly, my daughter, uh, who's two years old, she'll often uh, see a statue. Like she was at someone's house and saw this little statue of Michelangelo. And she looks at the statue and she says, he's duck, like stuck, right? So here's what I want you to take with you. If you look back, 
on the places of the whirlpools that you are trying to get away from, you can get duck. And God does not want you to get duck. That's our text this morning. It's, it's a tough text, but I am so glad that God gave us a tough line, a tough text for tough times. I'm glad that he didn't give us something light, something that sort of was a nice moral. This is a real story of people getting up and out of tough times. I've been thinking about backpacking lately, and I don't know if uh, you know about backpacking, but I love to get up to the mountains away from things. But even in the mountains, there's really dangerous things. I remember one of the things I was really afraid of growing up were grizzly bears in the mountains. We used to backpack in Idaho and Utah. And uh, I used to be afraid of them, but then I learned that you don't need to be afraid of grizzlies because they are afraid of noise, and you, and me. And if we make noise, we're fine. So what my parents used to do is tie a couple of bells to my shoe, and they would say, Graham, I want you to head up off that trail for about five miles, and they will come behind you. (laughs) It's taken me years to process this, but my therapist says I'm going to be fine. So you don't need to be worried about grizzly bears. And I always used to be worried about snakes. You know, these big old snakes with the uh, little things on the back and and the fangs in the front. But you don't need to be worried about snakes because they don't like the sunlight. And so if you're not poking your hand around in some log or in some cave or something, then you're, you're gonna be fine. But the one thing I was always worried about is quicksand. Cause quicksand is not afraid of anything. Uh, And the thing is, you can be walking along in this quicksand, and you're walking through it, and you can actually be pulled down. I was really deeply afraid of this, and the thing is, if you fight against it, it will actually pull you deeper and deeper and deeper into this. And I really didn't want to go backpacking anymore. Until I talked to a ranger who said this, you don't need to worry about quicksand. All you got to do if you ever get into quicksand is relax. Just relax. Relax. And the quicksand will let you lift to the top, and then you slowly swim your way to the edge. And then you get up, and you get out. And as I've been thinking about this, this is the big idea that I want you to get today. We all get in these whirlpool situations of whatever it is in our lives. And the worst thing we can do is to get deeply fearful, get deeply full of entrapment and woe that will pull us down. And God, I think, is wanting to tell us that if we will just relax, we will get through that place. And we got to get up and we got to get out. Let me talk about that process with you. And you may not be in financial trouble today, but I'll tell you what, you're going to know somebody this next year who is. And if they come to you at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. some night, don't give them a bunch of financial advice. Just say, I want you to work on this. We're going to get up and out of this place, and then we'll talk about getting to the mountains later. But we're going to get to you to the plane right now. I want to talk about how to do this. Number one is this. We got to get away from the whirlpool that's pulling us down. So uh, there's a Scotsman and this Scotswoman and Jenny and Hector are out there in the highlands of Scotland. And this Jenny says to Hector, "Um, a penny for your thoughts, Hector. And Hector was really quiet. And he said, well, the thing is, we've been like dating for like, oh, I don't know, five months now. And I was wondering if like we could hold hands. Well, Janie's been wanting to hold his hand for a long time, and so she says, that would be fine, Hector. And then there was a long pause, and Hector was very, very quiet again, and Jenny said, another penny for your thoughts, Hector. And Hector said, well, the thing is, we've been, we've been going out for a long time, and I just wondered if we could sit a wee bit closer to one another, just, just like that, and she said, that would be fine. She's been wanting to sit closer to him for a long time, and 
And then there was a long, long pause, and Jenny says to Hector, and another penny for your thoughts, Hector. And Hector paused for a moment, and he said, the thing is, Jenny, I've been giving you a whole bunch of thoughts lately, but I wondered if you um, might give me some of the pennies that you owe me in my life. All right, terrible joke. And, and why do I talk about Scottish stuff all the time? Why? Well, I'll tell you. This is a country that knows how to deal with financial hardship. This is a country that went through the Highland Clearances. This is a country that went through uh, the national uh, denationalization of all the industries. This is a country that's been through one financial downturn after the other. And the way they've gotten through this thing is to relax. Is to laugh about it and to slowly swim your way through this situation and get up and out of whatever you need to get out of. And let me tell you how this can happen in practical terms. I know of a couple who live in a different country now, but they were real active in this church. They're some of my favorite people, and they lived in this house, in this community, and they made all the right choices. They made all the right choices. They made a good, they worked hard, but their house went bankrupt. They went into foreclosure. So they had to sell their house. They lost everything. They had to go into bankruptcy. They then find out that their job goes south, one job after another. Now, they could have gone into this deep period of fear and apoplexy and been dragged down emotionally by the situation. But but they prayed about it, and they looked at it, and they found a job in another place, and they moved to that place. Now, look, I don't want you to leave. We love having you a part of Highlands Church. But what I want you to see is that in the midst of these cauldrons, there are lots of answers. And what we've got to do is relax and let God figure out what the next steps in our life might be. I know there are a lot of contractors in this church, and I love contractors. Part of the reason this building is as amazing as it is, is the free work that a lot of you have done for Highlands Church, and thank you for that. And I've talked to a lot of guys who have really struggled through this time, because houses are not going up the way they used to, and buildings are not being built. And I've talked to people who are, who are doing okay right now, and I asked them, how have you done that? And they said, I retooled my life. I figured out computers. I figured out that I don't actually have to get out there with a hammer anymore and do that thing. I designed it on a computer. I don't know what the answer is for you. But it's about getting up and out of that space in your life. Second thing is this. You've got to focus on God's next plan for your life. You've got to focus on that thing. Now notice my second point here is not don't look back. I hate it when people tell me stuff like that because I always do what they tell me not to do. That's just the way I'm wired. Maybe it's because I'm Scottish. Anyway, let me show you. This is my favorite painting. This is a Monet. And I want you to look at that bright color of paint in the bottom right corner of this painting. And, uh, of course, that's the color pink. Now, I want you to not look at that color. Whatever you do, don't look at that pink color. Just enjoy that picture. It's almost impossible if I tell you don't look at that color. That's where our eyes go unless you are focusing on the bridge up above. If you focus on that bridge, that space that is getting from one place to the other, that space where the sunlight is coming through, that space that has answers, you won't focus on that stuff below. I just wish that someone could have spoken to dear Lot's wife and said, don't not, don't look back, but let's focus on this next place we're going to. And she would have made it out of that place. And there's a whole bunch of ways we can look at this. One is just to simply retool our thoughts our, about our life. 
Uh, there's a book called the, the Spider and the Starfish. Anybody read this book? It's a very simple book. I like simple books. It has one premise. You're either a spider or a starfish. If you're a spider and you cut off the leg of a spider, the spider dies. If you're a starfish and you cut the leg off of a starfish, you just grow back another leg. God wants to think, have us think about our lives as starfish, as something that we're focusing on the next steps. And I know we've got a lot of contractors. We've got a lot of seniors in this church. You know, this church that has loud music and all kinds of stuff, we have more seniors here, and this is our favorite group of folks. Uh, th- but this is something that I want to tell you. I know a lot of you have lost money in your pension plans. This is still a time for you to retool. This is Gail Bjork, who's 64. She lost almost everything in the, in the economic downturn. Then she bought a camera that she couldn't figure out how to run. One of these digital cameras. Anyone have this problem? Is it just me? I got like five cameras. I can't figure out how to work. She couldn't figure out how to work her camera, and so she started something called digicamhelp.com. She helps people with their digital cameras. This is her job online. This is what she said. When I first started my first day, I made 10 cents. She says, but wow, that was a 10 cents that I didn't have the day before, and it just kept growing. God wants us to do that, to figure out what is that next place other than the Gomorrah that we just left. The last thing is this. It's simple. God will protect you. God will lift you up by the hands. He will lift you up out of that space. You know what I love so much about this text? It's not like John the Baptist that like got saved here. He was a great man, John the Baptist. It was Lot. Lot made so many mistakes. He was mean to his uncle and he made bad choices in Gomorrah. But God still lifted him up and out. And one of the hard things, think about this last year, 2010, tough year, right? I almost forgot that there was this huge oil rig that went down in the Persian Gulf, or not the Persian Gulf, in the Gulf of Mexico. Remember that? This is this weird year. And we heard all about all these guys who lost their lives, which was very sad in that place. But what you may not have heard about are the people who lived. And you know how they lived? They got in these capsules. They were called like oil rig capsules. And they were launched out of this oil rig, literally, in a cannon. They were launched out of this rig and out onto the ocean, way away from that space. I think that's how God wants us to figure these places out. And he will do that for you in your life, wherever that is. Read you a poem from, one last thing, I want to read you a poem from a soldier who fought in the Civil War in one of the great whirlpools of our lives in our country. And he wrote this as he had been launched out of that terrible place. I asked for riches that I might be happy, but I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men, but I was given weakness that I may have the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life, but I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I am among all men most richly blessed. God will bless you too. Let's pray and thank God for bringing us out of those places. God, everyone comes today with a different um, set of facts in our lives. But I thank you that you are a God who lifts us out and puts us on the plane. Lord, I pray that you'd be with anyone who has any particular struggle. And as we begin this year, this next year, Lord, help us to know exactly how you will take care of us. And we know that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.